You're listening to Project Red Cord Chronicles, a podcast of the Renee Jones Empowerment Center. On her 13th podcast, Renee finally decides to decorate and has some special guests bring the paint. In a first-time collaboration with the Cleveland Institute of Art, Renee welcomes Amber Kempthorne, an award-winning artist, program advisor, and lecturer at the Visionary College. Amber first explains the origin and purpose of the Creativity Works program, and then discusses the student experience and opportunity that connected Jules with the Empowerment Center. Afterward, Renee throws out a drop cloth and sits down with Jules Ahern, the talented student artist at the center of the upcoming event. She expands on her involvement with the Creativity Works program and the special connection she felt with RJEC's mission. Jules discusses the experiences and lessons she's learned while working with the center and recounts how the personal stories of some of the survivors have helped shape her custom artwork. So, enough with the waiting, let's get with the painting. Direct from the Empowerment Center studio in Cleveland, Ohio, here's your host, Renee Jones. Welcome to another episode of Project Rare Core Chronicles. I'd like to thank all the listeners who tuned in to our 12th episode and learned about Malawi, the very first country to join the RJEC Global Initiative, and we are so excited about that. We hope you enjoyed that episode. We are so grateful for all of our listeners and would like to remind you to like and subscribe to the Project Rare Core Chronicles podcast. Feel free to comment and share it with all your family and friends. Today, we are going to learn about the Cleveland Institute of Art Creativity Works Program and how one of their amazing students has been working with RJEC. I would like to welcome Amber Kempthorne, a professor and advisor at the Cleveland Institute of Art, uh, to this episode of Project Rare Core Chronicles. Welcome, Amber. Thank you so much, Renee, for having me. We are so thrilled to have you, and uh, we want our audience to learn more about the school and this particular program. So how did the Cleveland Institute of Art's Creativity Works program originate? So the program was started by my colleague, Maggie Dinkley, in 2014, and it was um, her response to seeing that a lot of students in our applied um, areas who had a lot of opportunities for paid internships, um, she wanted to create that same opportunity for students in the visual arts and crafts areas. I tell my students all the time that they are going to inevitably wear many hats, right? If you are a visual artist, you know, um, selling your work, of course, is going to be one aspect of your professional life, but there are so many other professional things that are adjacent to that work that you need practice doing. We want our students to understand that there is an economic reality to that, that they can be uh, paid for that work as well, you know. So she saw a need and um, uh, received seed money from the Fen Educational uh, fund to do a pilot program um, in 2014. And we had around five students at that time, and we've um, tripled that number. What was your role while working with Jules in this program? So uh, my title, my official title is academic project leader. And there are four of us currently in the program, Maggie, myself, and then two other uh, faculty colleagues. 
each one of us is responsible for um, a group of students who've been accepted into the program, and we effectively mentor them through the whole process. Um, and that involves everything from, um, you know, it's a lot of oversight and counsel, you know, uh, and words of encouragement, you know. So it's helping with really practical things like how to um, author a professional email to uh, budget oversight to, you know, being there for them when, you know, maybe they've come up against something they didn't anticipate um, and, you know, helping them really reach that uh, that final goal. That's wonderful. Support is so important. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I'm very lucky to be in the job, to be honest. To have and I'll role. tell you, the, and I can tell um, from seeing Jules with you how much that means to her, how it has helped her during this process. And uh, I'm just grateful that this program uh, has a professor like you. Oh, that is very kind of you. I am. It's one of my. It's one of my favorite things I get to do as a faculty member at CIA. Really. What is the application process like for this program? So our application uh, process starts usually September October. What kicks off the program start is uh, we have a series at CIA called the Lunch on Fridays, and it's a. Um, uh, talk series that happens every Friday. And so our Creativity Works uh, cohort from a previous year will give a presentation. You, you, Tracy, and all of your folks who want to attend next fall will be able to come and see Jules give a presentation on their project with all of the other students who participated this year. So the program kicks off then, it opens, and the students begin by filling out what we, it's a it's a pre-survey. So it's it's a document that we really tried to disseminate because it's a chance for any student who might just in that moment have the tiniest inkling of wanting to do something, you know. Um, they answer a series of questions that just hopefully help get the juices flowing, right? Because a lot of times students are like, this, this program sounds amazing. I really want to do something, but I don't know what I would do, you know. So after that um, pre-survey is filled out, it comes to the group of us, and we start to set up meetings with those students. And we talk to them about, frankly, what their dreams might be for a possible community uh, project. And, and then from there, we start to narrow it down. you know. And then through that process, they put together an application that includes a budget, a description of that project, um, sketches of um, ideas they may have for that future project. They have to submit images of past work. And then um, they also have hopefully started to um, make contact with potential community partners at that point. And um, ideally, when they s submit at the beginning of December, they have, um, you know, an agreement with, with a member of the community who's willing to work with them on that that project. And so some kind of documentation of that, of those efforts is included in the application. How does the program help the visual art, craft, and design majors develop professionally? Well, I mean, you can imagine even just doing, going through the application process, <laughs> yes, right, right? You know, because yes. um, you know, certainly as uh, an arts administrator or, you know, as a nonprofit organizer, you know, how much of those things 
right? Having to organize your thoughts, having to uh, learn how to communicate with someone outside of uh, the institution, you know, all of those things, right? So, um, you know, we have a lot of students who do um, exhibitions, right, for example, you know, so that's a natural extension of their lives as artists. Well, you know, they may imagine what that looks like because they've been to one, right? But then now they will actually learn what it takes. So that's amazing. So that's really good. So I want the audience to see all the benefits of of this program and how much is involved. Um, what various types of projects have been completed through this program that yeah. you can share? Oh my gosh, we've had uh, such an incredible variety. You know, our students are so creative. Uh, so we've had, you know, we've had everything from uh, solo exhibitions. Yeah curated group exhibitions, um, uh, murals. Uh, we had a student um, two, three years ago worked with the Cleveland International School, and he painted their basketball courts. Um, we've got students now who, um, one of our current students, one of Jules's uh, peers, uh, Tamson, she's been working with um, the case. Uh, it's like the, I wrote it down. Case Sustainability Club, you know, so uh, she got with those other students and they've been making paper together at the Morgan Conservatory. You know, we've got students right now who are running workshops to crochet dog sweaters for neighborhood pets in Slavic Village. You know, um, one of my students last year, uh, Caro, she worked with an organization called One South Euclid. It's a community center and um, she held uh, workshops at the um Crockett County uh, branch, uh, library branch in Euclid doing granny square workshops. And then she uh, gathered all those uh, granny squares together, made big uh, blankets, and then donated those blankets to community partnership and aging. It's really art at its best, right, when it's serving a, you know, a greater purpose, right? And to me, that's what's really so special about this uh, is because we waited for the wall that Jules, we, we've waited for three years because I didn't want, it had to be the right thing. That's right. And then we, and she sought us out and I'm thinking, wow, this is a, exactly yeah. what I've been looking for. That's so amazing. it's so, so we're super excited. Thank you for sharing um, all those amazing uh, programs that students are doing and how they are impacting the community with their gifts as yeah. well. Yeah. That's really powerful. Um, what skills uh, do students gain from participating in the program? You know, I think that, you know, there again, there's all these practical things, right? Like learning how to uh, propose a budget, how to then follow that budget, you know? <laughs> um, you know, they become better writers. They become, you know, time management is a pretty essential skill through the process. Um you know, uh, really learning how to communicate effectively, how to advocate for oneself, but also how to be a good listener and to be an appropriate and professional and enthusiastic partner for another organization that's so generously, you know, like you all, you know, willing to partner with our students. Yeah. Um, that it it really teaches them a lot about um, equity and how to uh collaborate, which is such an essential thing, right? Um, and then, you know, my favorite thing I think about the program is that, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier about a lot of the students coming to us at the start and saying, you know, I'd really like to do something, but I don't know what, you know, it really 
I hope at least, right, um, shows them that, you know, this this tiniest little seed of an idea with their with their work and expertise that they inevitably have, though they may not be able to recognize it in that initial moment, really can become this this bigger project that like builds relationships and you know you know it's just so that's 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 the best part of it really um how does the program how does the program help students align their project with their career interests and their long-term goals you know i think for so you know these examples i'm giving you whether it's an exhibition or a mural or you know even you know jules and i were talking on the way over here about you know how much she's learning about how a nonprofit is run or how it gets started or all of that. Right. So, so sometimes it's, it's real clear. Like I'm, like I was saying a minute ago, like most, you know, all visual artists at some point are going to participate in an exhibition, right? So if they propose an exhibition and pull it off at the end, then they have now real experience doing that from start to finish for themselves. Right. So that's a natural career goal for any one of our visual artists. Um, You know, but like a Jules, you know, she's saying that, you know, through this experience, she's really starting to see what that possible future could be, you know. Um, and so, uh, you know, at any one time through the throughout the process of the project, the students will um, see something that they didn't anticipate about a future for themselves, right? And then that now often will become a gateway for work that they'll go to do in the future. And like if, you know, many of our uh, alumni from the Creativity Works program, you know, the student I mentioned a minute ago, Nicholas, who did the mural on the basketball court, he's now working for a company doing large public murals, you know. Um, Orlando Caraballo, who was one of our students, um, gosh, I don't know, four, four or five years ago, you know, he works at the Cleveland Print Room, and he's, you know, he he's doing um, – uh, public arts education and writing grants and things like that, you know, and yeah, so it all matches up. It's really this, uh, it can be a real catalyst, I think, for them um, to understand what's possible for them as professionals. Yeah. And then the last question I have is, what do you feel is the most rewarding aspect of completing the program for you and for the students? Um, I think it's, you know, it's in the name of your, uh, your organization here. It's empowerment. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's really watching them see that, that's, that any idea they have really is, it's possible to make it a reality. So, um, and I, I hope that that's, you know, I think in the middle of it, a lot of times the students are just like, this is bananas. You know, like, I cannot believe I signed up for this and like, you know, this kind of thing, right? Uh, you know, but they get to the other side of it and you see them at the end of it and, and you can tell that, you know, they really, you know, the, the benefit is there and it's, um, uh, it gives them a real confidence, I think, and an ability to grasp, um, like, ha- uh, be really in possession of their sense of self and you know, yeah, being able to take that into the future. Yeah. Wow. Well, I thank you so much, Amber, for sharing with our audience this wonderful program at the Cleveland Institute of Art. Thank you for the work that you do with these amazing students. And we are so just honored that Jules chose the Renee Jones Empowerment Center to do this amazing project uh, at and the survivors and 
everyone that comes here, our board members and all of our volunteers are all excited. Well, I have to, um, I really have to thank you, Renee, not just for the work that you have done with this center and the history of it. I mean, all of the, the lives that you have impacted. I mean, you are such an impressive person. Um, you and Tracy have been wonderful. We are very grateful to you um, for your willingness to work with Jules and, and to be our partner in this. So, you know, it all, we're very glad. Very awesome. Thank well, you. thank you for joining us for this episode of Project Rare Court Chronicles. Several little happy trees. I would like to welcome Jules Ahern to this episode of Project Rare Court Chronicles. She is the amazing art student uh, here from the Cleveland Institute of Art. Welcome, Jules. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I want you to share with our audience what inspired you to apply for the Creativity Works program at your school? Um, so at my school, I've gotten the chance uh, throughout the three years that I've been there to see the other Creativity Works projects that the students have done. Um, and I've gotten to see how they've really made a difference in the Cleveland community. And I wanted to find a way for my art to help women specifically. And I came and I saw the center with you and Tracy, and I saw all the amazing work you were doing for not only women, but for the entire Cleveland community. And I knew at that moment that uh, this was an organization that I wanted to be involved with in any way that I could. Uh, but painting is how I know best because uh, I am a painting major. And I was also intrigued by the opportunity to have a permanent installation of art. This isn't a normal art show. It's not a school setting where I'm used to having my art, but it's an unveiling and it's meant to empower women and empower those who come to the center. So. That is amazing, Jules, and we are so excited that you were excited to join us. We were just as excited to meet you and have you involved and to be able to create something so amazing and really historical. We've never had anything like that, uh, an unveiling special art created for us, so we are grateful for you as well. What project did you propose for this program? Um, I proposed a series of paintings. Um, that were helped developed by Tracy, Renee, and some of the survivors here. And they were going. They will be installed in the main space of the center uh, to uplift those who just immediately walk in. Um, I wanted them to see images of these beautiful women and just show them what the world can look like or what their life can look like. That's wonderful. And uh, they, the survivors that were involved, they are super excited and will definitely be here. Uh, for this uh, wonderful occasion of the unveiling. Can you talk a little bit about your involvement um, at our annual gala? Because you didn't just come to do artwork, but you did some other things. And uh, I want you to share with our audience how you help guests experience our truth exhibit. Um, so some of the audience might know what the truth exhibit was, but just like a quick recap, um, some of the survivors wrote stories uh, their survivor stories, and then along with that were picture reenactments uh, of what happened with a highlighted red item that was important to the story. Um, so I listened to and read those stories several times leading up to the gala um, to make sure I had a clear understanding of how their stories uh, relate to the images. And then I set up the exhibition there at the gala and was just available for uh, the attendees to ask questions to about uh, any of the images or the stories. That's wonderful. And I know that everyone in attendance that went through the exhibit, um, they gave great accolades to you. And 
how wonderful um, you explained that exhibit and it really helped people understand what the exhibit was all about. So we were grateful for that. Can you share with our audience um, the Still Life with Plants painting class that you had with survivors? Yeah, uh, on November 3rd, I was invited here to do a plant still life workshop uh, with the weekly meeting of Plant Club, which yes. they you do here every Thursday, and it's an amazing club. I was excited to just be invited to Plant Club, but... Um, I walked the group through a few of the basic steps that I do in painting, you know, creating a foundation, doing an underpainting, uh, adding in those beautiful colors, which I think can be related to um, processing uh, life and going through life, like creating a beautiful foundation for yourself to build something on. Um, And everyone in the group picked out their favorite plant, uh, and I walked them through uh, the steps that I had laid out. But many of them strayed from those steps and went in a completely different direction. And it ended up being such a great experience for me to witness uh, the members of the group uh, take what I had told them about painting and go in a completely different creative uh, direction and leave with beautiful paintings that they were proud of and that they made themselves. Um, And while I was here, someone even had me draw their favorite flower on the canvas that they were painting on and then she painted it in and it was a really beautiful experience to get to create art with someone that way. That was wonderful and I know they enjoyed it and the pieces were absolutely gorgeous. So we thank you for uh, providing that experience for our survivors. What skills did you gain from volunteering with us on your project? Um, I would say the most important skill I learned was how to be flexible and adapt. And I know that's a big part of what you and Tracy are always doing here. Uh, you set these expectations for yourself about how something's going to go, whether that be um, what I was going to be faced with when I showed up to the gala. I had never done what I did there before or uh, instructed a painting workshop Um, But you just learn to trust yourself and adapt to those challenges as they arise and double back and uh, push forward. That that was mainly what I took away from this. But uh, going with the flow and just how to have a good time in, like, the midst of challenges that arise, drafting and redrafting different plans you might have had with the – with the influence of others' opinions. Yes. Wow. And those are amazing skills to gain, and that is definitely something that we do here every day uh, because you have to be able to adjust and be flexible. How did you engage with survivors here for input on your final decision? Um, So the first meeting I initially had with you and Tracy, uh, I had a lot of photos for you guys to look at. And it it was almost overwhelming, but one of the survivors came over in the midst of us deciding on those photos and said, definitely don't do this one because of X, Y, and Z, and laid out some uh, really obvious signs that I had completely missed, um, which were really helpful for me. Uh, And then she picked up another photo and said, this reminds me of myself. She looks so peaceful. Uh, And in that exact sentence, I knew I wanted to paint that image. And that was the exact reaction I wanted people to have when they saw these paintings. Um, And then I left that meeting with that one image in mind, but I knew I wanted to create more for you guys. So in the next one, uh, I had the mock-ups hung up on the wall. Um, And another survivor came over and she told me that she holds herself in the same way that the figure is holding herself in the in the painting. Um, and she also told me that the color blue, uh, has made a profound impact on her life and is really important to her. 
uh, it makes her feel at peace. And that if she had this painting, she would hang it in her house above her bed, um, which is something that every artist, I think, wants to hear how uh, viewers would um, use this art in their daily life to find peace or to create a comforting space for themselves. So that was some of the best feedback I got from both of those survivors of like how these paintings were going to create an environment here in the center. That's wonderful. And that is so important. And it's something that we do with everything that we do from programs and services. We, are, we value the voices of the survivors and they really value being included and given their input. So we thank you for that. Um, how did you develop your budget for this project? Uh, when I was first planning this project, basically all I knew is that I wanted to make paintings to hang here. Um, that's That was the most important thing to me. So I was thinking about normal painting materials, the paint, the canvas, the wood to build the stretchers. Um, but I also planned in some additional costs that I was unsure uh, were going to arise yet, like printing posters, invitations, catering for an unveiling event, um, you know, hidden costs like planning ahead was kind of how I developed my budget. And it's so exciting. You know, this is getting so exciting. Can you share with our audience the work that you will do before the unveiling of the art pieces? Because there's a lot that goes into this. There is definitely a lot. Um, I'm still working on the paintings. Um, I'm just making sure that every little aspect of those are cared for as much as possible because that's hugely important to me. But that's kind of just a small part of this whole thing. I'm promoting the event, uh, meeting with the marketing team at Cleveland Institute of Art and making sure uh, it's getting out in our newsletter. I know that you guys are putting it in your newsletter. And is this, this leads to the question, is this unveiling open to the public? It is open to the public. It will be limited, uh, but it's going to be happening on May 6th from 12 to 2 here at the center. Um, you just are going to have to RSVP through the Eventbrite link. And we will include the link in this podcast so that if you're listening uh, to the podcast and you're interested in being witnessing this historical, amazing unveiling, um, we'd love to see you. And then the last question is, what did you learn from the program that you will take into your future? The importance of community. Uh, that's kind of the basis of your center. You've always been involved with helping the community. Um, but I had no understanding of how nonprofits really function before working with you guys. You told me about the different grants that you write, and I was there along with the kind of the last minute planning of the gala um, and just the functions of like the center that you run was really uh, eye opening for me to get to witness and be a part of. Uh, and it definitely has made me think that I want to be a part of organizations like this for as long as I can for the rest of my life. The work you do is so important. And um, I just think that I'm really inspired by both you and Tracy being uh, seeing a need in the community and then just fulfilling that need. Thank you so much, because it's important that we have students like you to take an interest and get involved the way that you've done. And we are so delighted that you were able to join us for this episode of Project Rare Chronicles. Thank you so much, Jules. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Project Rare Chronicles. Stay tuned for our next podcast in May. And remember our tagline, no human trafficking, be aware and care. Thank you. <laughs>